I'm Nicole Wakeland. And I'm Eileen Falkenberg-Hull. And this is Fast Women, brought to you by Newsweek. We travel the world, stay in the best hotels, drive the newest cars, and have off-the-beaten-path adventures. And we're going to tell you all about it. Let's buckle up and hit the road. Let's hit the road. Angry Eileen. Damn it. Hit the road. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, and we are back, and I was home this week, a rare entire seven days, actually I think it was nine that I am home in a row, Um, and I have all sorts of fun stuff happening at home for me because college kid is home, and child is graduating from high school, and we had a party. Here's what that has to do with the driving. Are you ready? I'm ready. You're ready? Well, remember I braced myself. You braced yourself? Hold on. I braced myself appropriately. So you remember the Ford F-150, or as I've put in our show notes, F-50? F-150 lightning program that we did. Remember that? Yes, the miasma of evil. Dun, dun, dun. Well, in addition to the miasma of evil, they also had barbecue because Texas- Like yes, you they had that big Traeger set up that the tra- they were powering with the F-150 Lightnings. Yes. So I was showing this to my husband. I'm like, look at how cool this is. And this woman that was cooking the stuff, her name is Diva Q, and she's just amazing and has all these cool recipes. She's like a chim chip barbecue person. And can you follow her on like social media and get the recipes? You can. I went, well, all that you can go to Traeger's and their site or their app and you can get all the recipes. But if you follow her on social media, it's just good. She has a, an amazing Instagram page, but it's just going to make you hungry. So like I'm okay just, with that. Okay. Barbecue. The thought of barbecue makes me salivate. It's all Down the to barbecue my core. stuff. Yes. yes. Well, it worked. Like the, Ford was trying to sell us a truck or sell people trucks. Instead, Traeger sold us a barbecue. Because when I showed my husband this, when he got home, he's like, "I have to have one of these grills. I've got to have one. Oh my god, it's a smoker and it's a grill. It's a grill and it's a smoker. It does both these things, and it has this thing they call Wi-Fi. That's like instead of Wi-Fi, it's Wi-Fi to monitor your grill temperature. He's a tech guy. He's like, I must have this. So I bought him one. So, so two years ago for Christmas, I too bought my husband a Traeger grill with the Wi Fi. Did you name your grill? We have named our grill. Oh, he did. I forgot. We have the app. Yes, he does too. I forgot what he told me. He named it. He did tell me. And I was like, good for you, honey. I'm really proud of you. You've named your grill. My husband's a huge Atlanta Braves fan. And at that point, uh, Jason Grilly was the, uh, was playing for the Atlanta Braves. And so our, our grill is named the Jason Grilly. Oh, which I like is, that. yeah. And I love it. My favorite part of this, and my husband's so generous. He always lets me do this part because I'm such a nerd for it. But when you shut it down and in the app, you have to like touch the screen and pull straight down yeah. and like the flames on the app go out. Like, like, and it's like cooling down. It's very dramatic. It's I love very that dramatic, part. Right? The nerd in me absolutely loves that part. Right. So that it's like, part alone besides my husband's amazing barbecue. And now your husband's, because I've seen it all over Facebook. He's been oh documenting the he's, entire weekend. He's been so excited. His barbecue. So he made a brisket that he put in like in the evening and the brisket cooked all night. And my neighbors were like, were you making bacon at like 4 a.m.? I'm like, no, that was the brisket. Sorry, guys. So he made this amazing brisket, but the funniest thing, he loves this grill. He's so excited about this grill. But then we're having this big outdoor thing and the sky's open with like a torrential thunderstorm. So we're all like inside. Russ is under like a little canopy. <laughs> he's just grilling. <laughs> My uncle, his uncle opens the door. He's like, good job, Russ. We're all rooting for you. Shuts the door. <laughs> he's just out there grilling. So because of the Ford program, we did not get a new truck, but we got this really cool grill. And now we're making all this amazing barbecue stuff, which is kind of cool. I'm here for it. I will come visit. Yes. Um, maybe our husband's gonna have a brisket off a brisket off see who but then we have like that that would we have be to figure out a way to transport challenge. them between state to state we could have like trigger could help us with this i feel like trigger could like they p- put two grills and have them each like boom go into your best grilling i mean no and matter we what could, we, we win power them with f-150 lightnings we could well, I think this is a ford opportunity for our husbands <laughs> to have a smoke off and yes. to, to perform their best brisket the not best a smoke brisket. off like you'll get in california a smoke off like you'll get in michigan yes <laughs> with the f-150 lightning and then we basically just sit there and eat brisket i right. and i feel like it's a win-win for everyone right because they're both going to be amazing and like we we can you know we can pick a winner or blind taste test or just refuse to pick a winner and say they're both good like they're two little kids no one's my favorite we love both of you and we just give you equally yes we just get brisket either way and that's all good Oh, I'm, by the I'm way, okay I, 
I messaged Russ. It's called, uh, his grill is named Russ's Burnt Ends. Did you know oh, the burnt ends? That's mm-hmm. frisky. I like it, I Russ. I know, right? That's what his grill, he literally, I, I shall have not refer tights. to him as Russ's burnt ends Russ's now. Burnt and ends. he'll be like, oh my God. His new nickname. <laughs> so because of the F-150 Lightning, I got a new grill and got really good brisket this weekend. So thanks, Ford. Inadvertently, you got me some tasty food to have. Um, so that was my weekend. But when we weren't doing that, I was driving the Hyundai Tucson N-Line. Which, so you know what I find fascinating about this? That what? you were at the Hyundai program last yes. week and you had a Tucson N-Line yes. this week. Mm-hmm. I was at the BMW program this week and I had a BMW M4 this week. <gasps> so they followed us to our home. Uh, it's like they said, well, and I have been- It's I like they knew. I, and the week I was at the Hyundai program because that was like three days and the rest of the week I was home. I had a um, Hyundai Sonata N-Line. So it's like Hyundai Sonata N-Line, all the Hyundai Electrified, Hyundai Tucson N-Line. I'm like, okay. I get it, Hyundai. <laughs> I get it. I get your product line. I'm now an expert. You need a you need a product expert. I'm your girl now because that's all I've been driving for two weeks. <laughs> so the Hyundai Tucson headline. So last time we talked about electrified Hyundais, including mm-hmm. the Tucson. So yeah. it's got gas, hybrid, and PHEV. What yep. does the end line have? The end line is just available as gas. You can't get any of the other powertrains, so it's just a gas engine. And although the end line is like their performance um, version, in the Tucson, it's just about looks. It doesn't actually change anything under the hood. It's the same gas engine that you'll get in the other four trims or other three trims that you can get for the Tucson. So you get a 2.5 liter four cylinder with 187 horsepower. So it's a you know it's a, it's a decent responsive engine you know you're going to feel it it accelerates well it's fine it tows up to 2000 pounds if you put the right you know equipment on there so it's a fun it's a fun little car to drive but you're not getting extra performance don't suddenly think that you're going to get this like super performance version of the tucson it's not it's but it looks cooler so even the non like the tucson in general like the styling the metal is very the sheet metal is very angular on the sides like i don't know if you've looked at the sides hmm. it's not super curvy you know some of them they all look kind of like we are so aerodynamic we are just swooping curves there's a little bit of a more of an angle to the doors like there's a little it's it's kind of slick looking but what they do for the end line is they add a bazillion i counted okay a Valid. bazillion yeah a bazillion different appearance enhancements inside and out so you get special n-line wheels front and rear fascias badging you get a dual exhaust you get a special n-line rear spoiler and this is my favorite thing because this is what it says and you need to it has an n-line front grill as opposed to the rear grill which apparently is not changed it literally says front grill where else would the grill be eileen i i Mm-hmm. I, uh, I do love a spec sheet, but like, mm-hmm. uh-huh. I was like front grill. Okay. Thanks. Front that's, grill. Yeah. Front I mean, grill. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. like saying the fish has gills on its butt, like yeah. where the gills are going to be always on its sides. Like yes. they're not going to be on its butt. Right. Like exactly. Yeah. The, the, the fish will always have grill on its sides. I mean, grill gills on its sides. <laughs> the car will always have a grill on the front, but I appreciate them making sure in case I wasn't quite cognizant of how a grill worked on a car. I, I, I'm glad that you have deciphered that for us. Yes. So they have, so that's, and then inside they do a bunch of stuff too. Inside they have um, N-line black sport leather and cloth seats. That's the longest description ever. They're, they look really cool and it's kind of neat. The, the, like the fabric, the material is not super smooth. It's got a little bit of a texture to it, which looks really cool. However, it's short season. And if you sit in the car with a pair Ooh. of shorts, you have like, you have Hyundai N-Line sport leather and cloth seat prints on the back of your legs. Like it makes a little <laughs> waffle. It's like sitting on like wire seating outside, you know, like the old, like um, when you have a patio set that leaves a mark on you. Yeah. You, yes. You, that lattice butt. Everyone yeah. loves a good lattice butt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not quite as bad as lattice, but it's, it's more, it's, it's cloths. It's N-Line thighs, I guess. Like you're N-line like, you thighs. <laughs> I too wish to have N-Line thighs at some point. Yeah. So the Hyundai engineers are going to love that description. I know. Sorry, Absolutely guys. enjoy that. <laughs> I, if I drive this fast enough, I'll get in line thighs. I've worked on it all day long and I came back to the hotel and bada Woo. bing, bada boom, inline thighs. thighs. There you go. Uh, and in addition to your inline thighs, you get all these little red interior accents. There's like alloy pedals and scuff plates. You get a special inline steering wheel that's leather, wrapped with leather and an inline shift knob there. So you get all this. So it is appearance stuff. And that's stuff that you just get on the end line. So if you want to look like, want it to look cool, but you don't really necessarily are looking for it to drive cooler, then it drives like the, 
it dries like the rest of the lineup, which isn't a bad thing. But if you're like, no, oh, the Tucson's fantastic. It's a fantastic car. But if you're like, yeah, this is the more. Nope, nope, no more. No more anything other than looking cooler. Okay. All right. So, so would you drive it comfortably like in the mountains? Yes. Is it like a car you can easily drive around a mountain with? It is a car you can easily drive a mountain. I drove around the White Mountains of New Hampshire. Where the White Ooh. Mountains? Yeah. So the White Mountains, the Green Mountains of Vermont, the White Mountains of New Hampshire, because granite is our thing up here, so they look white. I'm thinking, but didn't like your most famous rock thing fall apart? It or are we did. not supposed to talk about that? No, we don't. <laughs> we don't talk about Bruno. We don't talk about the rock thing. No, it wasn't. No, so the, it's on all your signs, and okay. it doesn't actually exist anymore. It did exist. So the old man, you know what? slandering libeling my little state's motto or landmark that fell it, it I was love you were pointing your finger at me I'm, on the google meet that we can see each other on I'm as writing, you are admonishing me for I, calling out a reality of the geography of your life of your oh, state she's just so mean okay so we had the it's called the old man of the mountain and it was this when you looked at this section of mountain up in the white mountains the right way it literally did look like a profile of an old man google new hampshire you will find it because it is like on our license plate when they did those state quarters it was on the state quarter it's on our signs it's everywhere but i want to say in 2002 2003 he fell off his face just fell off but they were holding it together he was like I'm trying to think. It was like Joan Rivers where they were just like, they put yes! all the work into it. Yes! And then at the end, it just sloughed off into it's the oblivion. Exactly. He was our own personal jo- Joan Rivers stuck on the side of a mountain. He had like bolts and actually exactly like her. There were bolts holding it together, <laughs> pieces of metal, an understructure who knows what was done there. Very many men had to get together to keep them together. And then one day time took its toll. Whoosh. Just like with Joan Rivers gone. Yep. R.I.P. Joan Rivers. So that was fashion police forever. Yep. Fashion police forever. So but if you do go up to the White Mountains, you won't get to see um, you won't get to see our own personal Joan Rivers. But there's this place. It's called Polly's Pancake Parlor. It is the best pancakes on the entire planet. And like maple syrup is a big thing here. So pancake places are a big thing. So they have their own maple syrup. You have to go there early or you'll wait four hours to have breakfast. It's totally worth it to get there early. There's this beautiful view, like it's mountains. If you like the outdoors, this beautiful view of the mountains. And they have, the thing is you get to sort of like pick your pancakes exactly the way you want. You can get seven different kinds of batter. Like it's not just is it like, like one spelt and whole wheat, or is it like no, like there's re, like uh, red velvet cake? There's or like, there's there's always a fun flavor, but they have gingerbread and they have whole wheat and they have buttermilk and they have oatmeal and they have cornmeal and there's more. I'm forgetting something. Seven. There's seven. I'm holding up seven fingers in case anyone doesn't that. know what seven is. And then they have all the fillings, and you can get like chocolate chips or coconut or blueberries or strawberries. And they have a seasonal one, and sometimes there's like walnuts. But you can pick each your little pancakes. They're not like ginormous IHOP pancakes or teeny silver dollar pancakes are kind of in the middle. And you can pick each pancake that you order, like say you get six, you can pick each one and make it exactly the way you want. So you could have six different kinds of pancakes. In so it's one. kind of like when you go to those ice cream places and they like mix it all together, the concrete or whatever, and they put it together. Yes. I'm but for you, that. Each one is your own. And then they have bacon. And because again, I mentioned the maple syrup, it's maple bacon and they have coffee. And again, they have maple coffee. Like if you like, it's all the maple things. It is the best place in the world. I love their breakfast. I am all for maple. It is my favorite flavor. Uh, that, especially when we do it with vanilla, like a maple vanilla is amazing. Ooh. But do you remember when we went to Montreal? I think it was the first time you and I were ever in Montreal together years uh-huh. ago. I went to that all maple store and I got like the maple crumbles for the cake that I made that I still yes. haven't made for you, but I make it at home and it's delicious. It's like a, it's a cinnamon, it's a cinnamon sugar cake and like a vanilla cake with cinnamon sugar. And Yum. then I cover it with a cream cheese frosting and I put the maple crumbles on it. It's so good. It's so good. I only make it like once a year or maybe less because it's so good. But but you, when we went there, yes. we went to this restaurant because you finangled a doorman to get us to cut a line. I did. He handed and- me, it was like, I felt like I was like, like a movie star or something. He, we asked him for a recommendation. Shoot, the hotel, the, the hotel we were staying. Yeah. At. We asked the guy, like, we want to go for a really good dinner. Where should we go? He's like, you need to go to this place. He takes out his little doorman card, writes his name. And he's like, give this to them. There'll be a line, walk to the front of the line, hand this to the guy. And I'm like, 
oh. So we, and sure enough, there's a huge line of people waiting. I mean, I just walked to the front. I'm like, yeah, so our, our doorman said to give this to you right this way, ladies. Takes us like through the kitchen, has us sick, gives us drinks while we wait two minutes for a table, takes us to a table. And I've, I felt like I, the daggers in my back from the people who were still waiting in line that we just wandered by. But it was lovely. The restaurant was called Jardin Nelson. And it was like, it's in a building that looks like it's been through a war, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's all open air at the top and they've got like canopies. We were there at the beginning of June, which is like the perfect time to go to Montreal. And it is, it's beautiful. There's flowers everywhere. You get all sorts of food. Um, The menu is kind of like how the menu at um, Cheesecake Factory is here, where it's like 20 different pages of food and like everything looks good and full of calories, but that's the best. And so we went there and it was just amazing. But yeah, like they, they, we avoided like, uh, probably a block and a half long line yes. of people who hated us, actively who hated were us. hating us. But you know what? I'm okay with that hate because I got my food first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? You guys all picked the wrong hotel. You should have had a doorman like we did who wrote his name thing on the back of the card and said, give these women a table. So, And you know. I don't know why, but his name was Adam and I don't know why I remember How that. How do you remember that? I have no idea. That is where whatever information I learned in like fourth grade English class, it's gone. It is now replaced by the fact that I remember our doorman's name was that Adam. That Adam the doorman got us in to that amazing And he dinner. wasn't like particularly attractive. Like he was just like a normal looking person. <laughs> like it wasn't like he was a supermodel. That's why it stuck yeah, out. I just remember. He was remember. Just a normal guy. He was really nice. He was yeah. really great. He yeah. was great. And we stayed at that hotel a couple times. Yes. Um, but yeah. It was oh, for, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was, so that was our, and we, I got maple syrup there too. Maple syrup in Canada. There's like a maple syrup mafia. In Canada? Yeah. It's like they they control it really well. It's like it's a big deal. And there's a whole thing about the maple syrup. And if you don't make your maple syrup just right. And there's she's Googling. There is like a maple. Well, it's just like the regular mafia. It doesn't really exist, but it exists. Right. No one's going to be like, yeah, here, Google me. I'm Bob. Whatever. I'm in the mafia. You don't think the mafia exists? Well, I mean, it does. Let's explore this. uh, (laughs) John Gotti would like to have a word. (laughs) (laughs) But no one ever admits they're in the mafia. I'm pretty sure they do. I mean, like, I not in federal really court, do. but, like... <laughs> I just want you to know, I gave, Googled it, and it, the maple syrup mafia comes up. It's the Federation, and it wields an iron yet sticky hand over rebellious producers in Quebec. If you Google maple syrup mafia Canada, that is the first thing that comes up, because I was reading it the same time you were saying it. So, okay. Oh, but second is the Great Canadian Maple Syrup Heist. I mean, Hello? really, there's a lot to delve into when it there comes is. to maple syrup. There so. is. So why don't we take a break there? You and I will read the, the Wikipedia and um, we'll come back and we'll talk about something slightly less controversial than the maple syrup mafia. And we'll talk a little bit about when I went to Italy last week. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We are back to Italy. And so I had been in the car of a BMW iX M60, which we kind of talked a little bit about last week. And it kind of has this opposite problem that the Tucson N-Line has that you just talked about. It Mm -hmm. isn't really special on the inside. It doesn't have that contrast stitching. It doesn't have the special logos. It doesn't have, like, it, it looks fine for an iX, but it just doesn't have that, like, extra zhuzh that you get with like the Shush. Tucson end line. So maybe, maybe they can get together and have a little chat. Um, but that's, that's was one of my complaints about it. But other than that, we had a fantastic time. Uh, my drive partner and I, who was not Nicole, um, driving mm-hmm. through much of Italy and much of, well, not much of Italy, much of Europe. We went from Berlin to Munich and then Munich down to Austria. Um, had to stop and charge in Austria because we may have gone a little fast on the Autobahn. Um, did you go got fast, there? Eileen? Well, I mean, I mean, it maxes out at <laughs> at a level in which we were able to achieve <laughs> that is in the <laughs> mid to upper 200 kilometer per hour range. Um, so yeah, so yes, actually, I am very aware of the top speed of the BMW iX, and I highly recommend it. Um, if you like hanging on while you like, have you ever seen 
when they do like rodeos and like or like county fairs and like little kids get strapped to a sheep or a goat and they like have like helmets on and they have to like hold on and ride. It's called mutton oh, and busting. To ride. Yes. Okay. Yes. I know That's what you're what talking about. Yeah. You've never done it though. I've never done it nor witnessed it. That's a difference in our lives. Okay. <laughs> I have also never done it, but I have been, I rural, rural America here have been to a fair and watched this. It's actually quite entertaining, but that's kind of like what it's like to drive uh, at 254 kilometers per hour in the IX. It doesn't really feel like that's what it can do that. It doesn't feel like it's really meant to do that. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, so you do back off quickly if you, you know, it's not that it's, it's not that it's unsafe. It's not that that it's just like, that's not it's hotspot that's not its prime location it's better like 180 to 200 uh but anyway aggressive driving aside we had to stop in austria just over the border they have a rest stop just like they do in the u.s um and of course it was under construction so it had some chargers there we were able to quickly get into the charging network and charge you kind of had to just drive around and find them though because they're on the opposite side as the gas station oh (laughs) which is fine but you're like oh oh over there on the grassy knoll there is like there's chargers um so we got over there plugged in started charging it was going to be about like 45 minutes to an hour which okay that's kind of the hazard right so we drove fast we enjoyed it but we used up a lot of charge so we had to i think we were down to like below 50 percent okay and knowing the length of the journey we were doing we still had like another six hours of driving ahead of us so we knew we needed to get a full charge there and right. when you get past 80 percent charge it slows down so, but we didn't really want to have to stop again. So it was just like, you know, yin and yang. Now, when this rest stop is in fact fully open, yes. it was, you know, it was still in the like dirt on the floor stages of being built. Okay. Um, when it is fully open, it'll have like a Burger King and I think there's a salon or something. There's a lot of stuff going in there that will make your charging stop a lot easier. Like mm-hmm. that makes total sense. But when we were there, it was just like a gas station and like a convenience store, very like Shell Station USA. Okay. And so like, I was like, well, I've got 45 minutes to kill. <laughs> I don't want it. it was like, also it was like 90 degrees outside. So you don't want to like sit in the car, even though you can keep it running a little bit with air conditioning, like, you don't want to do that. So, right. and I also didn't want to stand out in the sun and commiserate with my fellow journalists who I love dearly, but we were going to be spending seven days together and <laughs> we were three days in and I was a little bit like, you know what? I need just, just a second. So I bonded with, the uh, Shell gas station or whatever brand it was. Um, I think it wasn't Shell. I think it was something else. Um, but anyway, so went inside and discovered a variety of things. Um, and unfortunately, I rediscovered what I will call an old friend. Uh-oh. And I think I've showed you pictures and told you about this before. But if there is a thing, it's owned by uh, an American company. It's owned by a jerky company in the U.S. now. But it's a piece of bread that inside has a shelf-stable sausage. And then it's wrapped in like... This? Well, I don't. But it's wrapped in like a paper packaging. Mm-hmm. Again, shelf-stable. It's like a fun dip packaging. But it's a, a like eight-foot sausage inside bread that is shelf-stable. And there's like a lot of them. So you've what you described it, to me is a shelf, shelf-stable beef stick fun dip. Which all of those no, things... No, 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 fun dip packaging. There's no, know, there's no fun dip. But in my head, this is what I'm seeing. I'm like, what kind of monstrosity did she eat? And you're still here. So you, did you get one? No. Did oh my your God. drive partner get of, one? Did anybody no. get one? No, because we're all normal humans. No, it is the... Um, I'm sending you the link to it so you can look at it while we're talking about it. Okay. It is... So so on their website, it's beefy. B-I-F-I. And it's, you know, there's an original, which is like the beef stick. But then there's wrapped in dough, I guess is what it's called. Um... It is, it is beefy. very low on my list of things okay. to try. I know that says beefy, but when I look at it, it looks like Wi-Fi. It looks like Bi-Fi. It does look like Bi-Fi. <laughs> oh, they have something called the Ranger. What does the Ranger have? It sorry, it's scrolling past me on the screen. Beans, beef, and bacon inside a dough. No, no, oh, no. Eileen, none this, of this will. This all is kill how you, you end up at the gas station restroom forever. Mm-hmm. This does not feel like yeah. this is a good thing. No, um, but anyway, I'm closing it out because it's disgusting me. Anyway, I find it to be absolutely repulsive. I'm sure there's people out there that enjoy it. Um, I do like Ooh, a regular a beef stick. veggie. If you weren't into the beef, there's beefy veggie. I mean, you no. can go with the veggie version of it. And it's triple XL. So it's like monster size. It's it's big sausage for your all your oh. time at the rest stop. Okay, so if we're in Europe, you know now I'm going to make you get one of these and have I'm gonna we're going to have one bite of this to see if I, we survive. So, 
It can't be any worse than whatever that thing was that we bought that we thought was moonshine and drank together at Gettysburg on a picnic table. Oh, it was terrible. There's a video of us somewhere almost dying eating there that. Is. <laughs> it was supposed to be like this healthy moonshine slash like invigorating. It was an elixir. It was an elixir. elixir. It didn't have it didn't have alcohol in it. We were driving. It did not have alcohol, but that's how they built. And it was like, oh god, <laughs> it was. <laughs> It, was it like tasted this, like its main ingredient was arsenic. Yeah, it was not good. It. I don't know if it's as not good as these are not good. I. We'd have to now. We have to compare. Can you take one of these back to the U.S. next time you're there? I mean, I. Sh- I could. I'll be there again in a few weeks. I'll see what okay. I can do. Take one back, and we can try it here. So if we I die, we're at least some, dying in our own country. I believe <laughs> they have some that also have ketchup in them. Like they come with the sausage with ketchup and then the dough roll. Oh God. <laughs> I saw those in Belgium. I also, you know, resisted the urge to purchase in Belgium. But if you say I need to have them, I will bring them back. You need to bring them back and we need to yeah, if you can get customs is like, what is this BS? <laughs> Leave this behind. <laughs> like you do not actually need this. <laughs> you do not want to bring this into the United States, no. <laughs> yeah. Your kind is left behind. But anyway, shelf stable beef stick aside. <laughs> um <laughs> we decided we had the opportunity to take the Audubon all the way almost through to Lake Como, which was our destination and thankfully our group was like no we must take the scenic route because the scenic route is always better which Mm -hmm. included going from switzerland through Liechtenstein, so i can check that off the list and if you ask me what i remember from Liechtenstein, i'll say they had an audi dealer it's Liechtenstein. it's not Liechtenstein. there's no leeches Liechtenstein, isn't it she's googling (laughs) the look on her face she's like i will google this right now isn't it Liechtenstein? so we left austria traveled down through switzerland went through Liechtenstein, back through Switzerland. Um, and if you ask me what I remember from Liechtenstein, there was not even a welcome to Liechtenstein sign, which was kind of, no? you know, not great. Um, but there, there was a large Audi dealership on the on this <laughs> on the eastern side of the road. So, I okay. mean, you win some, you lose some. Um, very small country. So, you know, cross Liechtenstein off the list, back through Switzerland. And we decided as a group, we did not want to take the Audubon the whole way. We could have taken it most of the way to Lake Como, decided, you know what? For us, we've decided to go to some rural driving. So you get to see some rural villages and go up a mountain. Because who doesn't like driving up a mountain in an electric vehicle where you can just watch the percentages drop, 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 Dude. drop, drop, drop. Does so, that range anxiety happen? Nothing. Yeah. No, none at all. Yeah. So our route planning basically said, you know, you could probably make it to Lake Como. You might have to stop <laughs> a little bit before that. But you could definitely make it through the Splugen Pass. So we went up the Splugen Pass and it is a series of turns that I, I sent it to my stepmother and she was like, are you on a racetrack or are you on a mountainside? And so, <laughs> you know, it was great. So I, I I did all that. We went up the mountain, got to the top. And when you get to the top, you're in Italy. There's an Italian flag. It's welcome to Italy. There's an old like guard station where there used to be guards before the EU. Oh, yeah. And you get to like take photos. And it's it's cute. It's very pretty up there. Um, It's very rural. So... You know, it is what it is, right? It's not like you get up to the top and there's like a ski resort. There's not restaurants. There's just old stuff and a guard station that doesn't inhabit it anymore. Um, And an Italian flag. So you do know officially that you are in Italy. So when you get to the other side and you go back down, um, the Italians love to number their turns. So first one, it said there were 49 turns to get down the mountain. Wowza. So I was like, you know what? My arms didn't get a workout today. They're about to get a workout today. (laughs) So I went down and I drove down all 49 turns. Now we lost about 100 kilometers uh, in range going, about 100, probably closer to 80 kilometers of range going up the mountain. Mm -hmm. We more than doubled that in regen coming back. So we actually ended up having more through the braking and through, I drove it in B mode, which is like the maximum regenerative capabilities for the IX. And it makes it actually when you're driving down a mountain really great because you don't have to be constantly like accelerating and braking and accelerating and braking. It's just kind of like a slow down um, around the corners, which makes it very manageable. And, and you know how they don't like their guide rails in, in Europe. So it's what, it's a little they, bit none, better. Yeah. yeah, none of them. Yeah, you yeah. will. You'll run into a Renaissance era building before you will run <laughs> into yes, a guide rail. Exactly. You'll <laughs> hit a castle first. <laughs> yeah. So um, we did all 49 turns, made it to the bottom. I was very lucky. The gentleman I was paired with for this drive spoke Italian in addition to French. So we went to Ooh. a little sandwich shop and he, because they did not take anything other than uh, euros, uh, 
he paid for my lunch very generously, which was Aww. was lovely. He also got lunch, so it's not like he was just feeding me out of his own pocket. Um, <laughs> but he ordered in, in Italian for us, and we got to have a lovely little lunch, kind of sit down some picnic tables about halfway down the mountain. And it was, I, I enjoyed it. It's definitely a tourist stop, like you can see that. But there, it was middle of the week. There was no tourists there. And it was just, it was just lovely. It was very That's pastoral. Cool. Yeah. So 49 turns. You were somewhere around like turn 25. Yeah. I think it was like 23 <laughs> or 24. Because then we went through like a series of very small towns where the speed limit gets down to like five miles per hour. Oh, geez. And you're like, I can't even hit the accelerator. I'm speeding. And, and it's <laughs> Italy. So it's a kind of a crapshoot whether or not the speed cameras work. But they're going right, to advertise right. the hell out of them. So, right. you know, there's that. And so we drove through there. We got through about a thousand and a half miles, not kilometers, miles of tunnels to get wow. from, <laughs> from like forever. Yeah, you and never, it was just tunnel, like tunnel, just tunnel. Tunnel, 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 the whole way, uh, pretty much until we got to see actually Lake Como. And so to get to where we were going, we were we were down at the very bottom way, the town of Como. So we had to go, you know, all the way down and around and back up. Um, but it was just gorgeous. Lake Como is beautiful. And I, I'm not a huge fan of some parts of Italy. I haven't been to all of it. Um, I like the, some of the parts I've been to, but this is just stunning. Like, it looks like every painting of Lake Como you have ever oh, seen. Oh, that's so cool. And did you see George Clooney? I did not. I saw some well, very were handsome really gentlemen. Even in Lake Como? I mean, isn't that the whole reason? Not you Lake go Cuomo. There? That's in Cuomo. New York State. I, know. I just said it wrong. <laughs> Como. Whole Lake different Como. lake. Whole different deal. Yeah. Uh, Lake Como. Did you didn't see? I thought like wasn't he? Isn't he just like the patron saint of Lake Como? I mean, that might be a stretch, but yeah, he's the Hollywood patron saint of Lake Como. He, his estate is about five kilometers up the road from where we were. So we stayed at the Hilton okay. Lake Como, which was gorgeous. I mean, it's not a boutique hotel. It's very much a hotel, a regular hotel, but I loved it. It's got this beautiful rooftop that you can just see like all the way down the lake and there's a pool oh, up there cool. and it's 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 really a quite a stunning property. Um, but it's not a resort. It's definitely a hotel. So okay. the event I was there for was it wasn't just there to drive the IX. The IX was a part of it, but the IX kind of facilitated us to go to the Concorso de Eleganza Villadeste. Ooh, that sounds very fancy. It was very fancy. It was very it was fancy. it was I could not afford the wheels on the car that were displayed there, <laughs> let alone anything else. But Villadeste is this resort, this very high-end luxury resort on Lake Como. Um, I know of it because of the concourse, but also because I have seen photos of Kourtney Kardashian jumping off of their floating pool because that's what the Daily Mail put up when I was browsing there a few weeks ago. Oh, so, good to know. Yeah, okay. I was like, that's a thong. Oh, I know that pool. I'm going there in a few weeks. So there's that. But it's a beautiful... So did you swim in the pool in which Kourtney Kardashian and her thong also went swimming? I did not. I did not. Though it was warm enough, I was tempted to just strip down and jump in the lake because it was like a hundred hundred degrees in the sun. Oh, it was a, it's it was Italy. toasty. Yeah, it yeah. was toasty, toasty, toasty. Um, but it's twenty five acres of land. It's on the water. It is these. You know, I believe it's sixteenth century buildings. It is everything you want it to be. Like you look around, there's those tall trees that are sculpted, like tall Italian trees that are sculpted. Yeah. Like it's just it's it's beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, and there's. There's some hiking trails as you get a little bit higher up where you can kind of get these just gorgeous views of the lake and then you see the architecture of the resort. If you ever go there, I highly recommend doing that. You go inside the buildings there. It's a couple of different buildings and there's that heavy draping you get in European buildings, oil paintings mm -hmm. everywhere, glass chandeliers. That's awesome. Um, it's just super luxury. I, it reminds me a little of the Grand Hotel on Mackinac Island, which you and I have both oh, been to. Oh, we've been to together. Um, we did. So if you take oh. that and then just like Europeanize it, and raise it to like the nth degree. That's what yes. it, the interior reminded me of, like all those fabrics that go together wow. and like like very yeah, yeah. very pretty. Um, the the Grand Hotels not have a floating pool with Courtney Kardashian in it. It does but, not. I mean, they're lost. I really. mean, you know, she may have somewhere floated there. They might. I'm sure she's if she's been there. I feel like Mackinac Island's not a Kardashian place, and probably the residents of Mackinac Island are okay with. Are that. probably glad it's not a Kardashian <laughs> place. I feel like that doesn't really fit with the vibe of Mackinac. You are quite right on that front. Good lord. <laughs> so I was there to attend the Concourse de Eleganza Villadeste, and it was just amazing. Like the it's this car show, but it's a minimal amount of cars it is a it is a true concord d'elegance there are just the most elegant examples of old vehicles that you will see and i've been to pebble beach i think this is just even 
uh, it's much more selective, right? It's not Pebble wow. Beach. There's hundreds of cars. This is, you know, yeah. 50. This is just, it's just gorgeous. And it is, if you know what you're looking at, it's beautiful. If you don't know what you're looking at, you can still appreciate the absolute beauty of it. Um, yeah. But one of the coolest cars there was actually what was named the best in show by the attendee votes. And that was a 1979 Aston Martin Bulldog, which sounds like it should be rough and tough and big and muscular, but it's not. It's got this wedge shape on the front and back that looks like kind of old Lamborghini-ish. But oh, it that's is, cool looking. But it's one of one. It was a concept car that was built. Aston Martin was going to build like 10 to 15 of them. They ran out of money. They never built anymore. There's one in the world. This is the only one that exists. And it was bought by an American collector a few years ago. Excuse me. It is undergoing an authentic restoration. And it's just so cool. It's got that wedge body style. It has five headlights that are hidden and pop up when you need them. Oh, I miss pop-up headlights. I thought those were so cool. They're cool. I like this kind of, you know what this kind of makes me think of is it has the um, going doors. Yeah. Going doors. Yeah. It looks a little bit like a DeLorean. It does. It, it does have DeLorean. that DeLorean-like shape. So there's an actual panel on the outside. Like if it was electric, where kind of like the plug-in would be if the plug-in was on the passenger side, there's a little panel there and that actually controls the going doors. You can open it up and then you like push a button. It's very futuristic and cool and uh, nerdy. That's so cool. It's got a 5.3 liter V8 out back that has 700 horsepower and they've actually tuned it Ooh. where it can make the 700 horsepower still. And it has, oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's, like I said, it's a complete a restoration. Um, it's interior. It's the color of a Tootsie Roll. It is this buttery, dark brown. And it is just like somebody before this collector had it, had like put a tan interior in. And you look at this, you're like, why would anyone do that to this yeah, car? Yeah, the picture I'm looking at online, it has like this very light interior. No, no, I no. must be looking at it in an old picture. You're an old picture. I will show you pictures of it when we're done with this. Um, it is gorgeous though. And you look at those seats and the seats are like leather recliners of my dreams. It just so happens they're in a sports car, which is also kind of my dream scenario um, because the, <laughs> because you don't really get comfortable seats. I don't know if they're comfortable. They look like they should be supple and just, they're just amazing looking. Um, but it's really cool. So it's Oh, but, I found I found the picture of the one at the event. Oh my god, that interior is way better. The dark, like right? the chocolate interior. Oh, that looks much cooler. I had I'm like googling trying to find the right keywords to get it to yeah. come up. <laughs> <laughs> so the other really cool thing is that it has these toggle switches. So it's very much of its era, and it has. Um, I'm going to actually send you photos as we talk about this so you can actually see. It actually wins a cup. The the, the Copa Doro. It's like a gold cup. It looks like the chalice from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which you probably haven't also seen. But it looks just like the chalice. You are correct. I have not seen that. It is not the right. It it looks like the not the one that Jesus made, but the one that the guy ate, drank from. And it's like you have chosen poorly. It looks like that chalice. It's really cool. Well, it's an honor to receive it. So, yes. so he did receive, he received the just giant chalice, but it's got these toggle switches on the inside that control the doors that are just very basic. There's this little red and little black ones. There's a defogger, there's hazard lights. Um, over where, on, if you're sitting in the driver's seat, on the left-hand side of the driver's seat on the dashboard where like GM and Ford have their headlight controls, there's actually, that's where the air conditioning is. And the air conditioning controls are right there. So it's really cool. Oh, wow. And then- there's in front of the driver, it's got a digital display, which I mean, if you think about it, when this car was in 1979, that's a At huge time, deal. I that can, was I, a big deal. I didn't see it turned on, but I assume it's either red or orange lights like those marked. It has like, to be. Yeah, like very cool. And so it's got. I'm going with orange because if this was the original color of the car, I feel like everything would have had to match have been perfect. I think orange would have looked perfect. Yeah, I think it was probably orange. I mean, I'm going to go with orange. It makes my heart feel better. We're going but with probably orange, orange because we feel that. That's what it should be. If it's not, it should be. But then it had, so it had like these little blocks of what you would actually have in it like to display. And so like there's one for speed, there's one for the percentage of fuel left, one for RPMs. Like it's just very, it's very quaint. But when you look at it, you're like, oh my God, this is early computer. This is so adorable. Um, but it was just cool. It's just cool to see the Bulldog. And man, I heard it fired up and it sounds good. I mean, that's a V8. Yeah. That's a 5.3 liter V8. And oh, I grew some some hair on my chest just thinking about it. Like it's <laughs> it's it's so good. It is so good. Uh, but yeah, that so I, really I cool. spent uh, two days there and I cannot wait to get back to Lake Como. I'm going to take my husband there, whether or not he likes it. Um, and it's just going to be absolutely phenomenal. I look forward to being back there. Um, you know, flew through Milan, which if you are a Delta customer is a challenge. You bring your walking shoes. Um, Oof, yeah. Yeah. Was in line behind a Hollywood celebrity at the Ooh. Delta carousel, which I'm not going to tell who they were, but they were so lovely. 
I met them, their wife, their brother, sister-in-law, like the loveliest, not like non-celebrity people. I really enjoyed talking to them. We shared the plane to Atlanta. um, So that was great. Uh, But yeah, so now I am back in the U.S. But I did learn a couple things in this travel trip. And you and I have talked about some travel things. And so why don't we We talk about that when we get back? Okay. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, we are back for round number three of Fast Women. We are going to talk a little bit about some of the things I've learned traveling here in the last few weeks, but we're also going to talk about this, what 7-Eleven and doilies have in common at the end, so stick yes. around for that. Mm-hmm. So when you travel overseas, and we're going to just pretend for a second we're going to put COVID aside because I think this is just kind of how it is now, right? We're in this, quote, new normal. Mm-hmm. You need to plan on taking your time. The European airports are not known as being quick with like anything. And that was the case now or before COVID or right. at all times there. There's a different pace. <laughs> and I do feel like people have forgotten how to travel over the last two years. And you've got families who have never really traveled together before. And it makes it even slower. So. Yeah. Like I like two hours the Milan airport. I mean, you have to like you have to walk the length of the Milan airport back and forth with Delta, which that's a Delta problem. That's not that's not a passenger problem. But it's just like everything goes slower. Everything goes slower. And it's the people. It's not it's not the airport workers. It's not the staff. It's just like the people who have forgotten how to travel. Like there (laughs) is a pace and a rhythm to these things. And you need not be a lurker. You need to be efficient in your steps. It, this is how I it, feel. I've, I'm very passionate about efficiency at airports. Yes, it does feel like everyone has gotten under this pace where they're all a little bit confused and everyone's a little bit slow and you find yourself just wanting to plow through people. And I think that is because so many people have not traveled in two plus years, you know, and if you don't travel all the time to suddenly come back to it after not just your annual vacation and it's been a year, but it's been now two, three, however many years since the last time you traveled and it does get very slow. I, I find, I always found that when I, um, in Paris at Charles de Gaulle, that's that airport is my nemesis in Europe because there's a strike. I don't know what it's for, but there's a strike for something. They're striking for something, and that strike, for whatever it is, has caused Charles de Gaulle to come to a screeching halt with mobs of people every time. So never go to that airport with me, Eileen, because there will be a strike for something. Well, I will be there in a few weeks again, and I hope to uh, make sure that you're not there with me. (laughs) Okay, there we go. I will remember a fan, because it's also important. If you've never been to Europe, remember, most airports are not air-conditioned. So bring a little fan with you. Probably not the one with batteries in it because that'll get tagged by security. But do bring just like something to fan yourself with and expect to sweat. So dear God, load up on the deodorant because we're all in close quarters and we need not you to get on a flight, fly 11 and a half hours to the U.S. and be your own baking system. Yeah, we don't need that aroma. You don't need the aroma of the person next to you for 11 hours. No one wants that. No one wants that. Nobody asked for that. So Mm -hmm. I will say this. A couple of the other travel tips I've learned. One, it is not all about you. It is, Eileen. It's not? It's not it about It is not me? about you. Going through TSA, oh. that's not about you. That's about making it's sure not. everyone else is secure. Crowding <sighs> at the gate, you are not. Do not be Businessman Monday. Do not be the Diamond Medallion Businessman Monday, where oh, all of the men in black suits line up, and they're like, we are the most important. Bah, 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 bah. And you're like, okay, but you're in the main cabin, and you need to get out of lines. Get, move. You are not as important. And that I goes mean, for everyone. Everyone. You're not as important as you think you are at the airport. This is a process. This is I a process. Like- it's a social contract we have with each other. <laughs> Behave yourself. Get in line when it's appropriate. Don't lurk. Don't linger. Don't be that guy that gate hovers. They gate hover a family lights. that then elongates. Yeah. No, 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 no. Don't be that family. I always call them gate lights. They just hang up by the gate. They're there. They can just like, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to push you out of the way, but you have formed a barricade in front of the gate. You were boarding in row, you know, in, in zone 852. People need to get by you. Can you this please is the only thing. The, <laughs> the only thing that Southwest has over any other airline is their queuing system. Which I don't appreciate, 
But also, oh, I, oh, I was in line the other day for an Air France flight in the U.S., in the Atlanta airport. And they put up, like, right before boarding, they put up their zones. And they've got, like, seven zones. And it's very clear, yeah. very delineated. Two separate sides of the walkway, so you know exactly where you are. And I'm in zone one. And there's a woman in front of me with her family. And they're looking at their tickets. And I can see their tickets. And it says zone five, very clearly on their tickets. Like, row 40-something. And I'm like, okay. So she's standing there. And I hear her tell her husband... I don't think the zones matter. We'll just board with this group. <laughs> and I'm just like, Aww. there is a rhyme and a reason why they do it this way. And just like, oh, my, I like this unadulterated, like, just I'm like, it's a social contract. There is a process. Like, there's a process for a reason of like, just did respect said, Tell the me, process. Did they turn her back when she tried to board? No, I actually did the very nice. Oh, I'm so sorry. I see that you're zone five. This is actually the zone one line. And zone five is actually over there. I just want to make sure you get into your seats when you're supposed to so you don't get yelled at. And, and she, she like, listened she to did, you. Well, because it's the South. She was like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. You were so helpful. And I was like, yes, now leave. Get out of my line. <laughs> Get to your zone five. But I feel that way. Like, if I'm in zone three, I don't want zone four in zone three or zone two. Like, it's and that you've got baggage constraints, especially on a large flight. And like, oh, I just I have so many emotions about this. I can see this, Eileen. You are all wound up. I am wound up. I am. I am wound. As the youths say. Probably. I don't know. Probably. Yeah. Okay. The youths. The youths. The youths. Hello, fellow kids. Uh, that's how I feel today. <laughs> I am 100% that meme. Um, okay. My next thing. Be good to flight attendants. Oh, this is a big one because people, especially when it was still, everyone had to be masked all the time in the flight. She's just following the rules. She's not making the rules. Don't be snarky to your flight attendant. Don't be overly demanding. Don't get ticked off at her if the Wi-Fi doesn't work. She wants the Wi-Fi to work. She really doesn't want to have to deal with 150 passengers telling her the Wi-Fi doesn't work and they're upset. She doesn't want to have to deal with you being cranky. If she could fix all the things you want fixed... She would fix them. If she says she can't fix some issue you're having, if your package of peanuts is short one peanut, chill, cool your jets. It's not that big of a deal. Just be nice to your flight attendant. Don't be the demanding guy that she wants to accidentally spill a drink on. Don't be that guy. Don't be Right, that and guy. it's important to remember too, flight attendants for the majority of American airlines do not get paid until the door closes. So yes. basically they're doing you a social favor by showing up to work and getting there and dealing with you before the door closes. So yes. don't be demanding. Like you, they would never walk into your job and before you've had coffee, sit down at your desk and demand booze. Like, yeah. don't be that guy. Don't walk on and say, you mm -hmm. know what? I want whiskey at, at, at 9A. No, you don't. You get whiskey when I tell you you can have some. Like, <laughs> don't be that guy. Don't splash water all over the bathroom. She wouldn't come into your house and splash water all over your kitchen. Don't you? She's got to clean that. Like, they actually have to clean that and wipe it down. They do. Don't be that person. And They do. For the love of all that is holy. Yes. Do not take your socks and shoes off on the plane and prop them on anything else. A flight attendant would not come into your office and take off their shoes or socks and put them on your computer. Don't do it inside their plane. Ugh, I cannot see it. Like, I am not alone. The pictures are all over Instagram. If you really okay, want to look, and, and it's not further, good. The one step further, if you are, like, ooh enough to take your shoes off on the plane, please, dear God, because you're going to die. Put them back on before you walk into the bathroom. Do not walk oh, all the way down oh. the hall. Because, and I see people do it with their kids, Eileen. The kids, little oh. like little stocking feet. And I'm like, your child is going to die now because they've collected whatever is on the floor of a bathroom airplane. People, use some common sense. Mm, common they're not, sense. They're not steaming that carpet between flights. Mm, like, no. Mm. Like, so I have a pair of slippers that I bring with me. Some little Perfectly cashmere acceptable. slippers that I change yeah. into when I get on the flight, when I'm flying like overseas, like an extended length trip. Maybe maybe mm -hmm. if I'm going to California, like if it's a long flight to California, I might do that. But they, I switch back right before we land. I switch back, like, and I wear them That's the entire acceptable. flight. And they do not, rem like, but these people that put their feet, oh my God, the people in the bulkhead that put their bare feet up on the wall of the bulkhead. I feel okay, like the flight attendant should be able to like strike their feet with a ruler. I couldn't because my mother, my mom and dad used to, especially my dad, that was like, you know, the things your parents like are just pick on you about when you're a kid, things you cannot do. You never, ever, ever. My dad would never let anybody put their feet up on anything. It's like a banister that was low, a railing. No, your feet go on the floor. So every time I see someone do that, I'm like, I hear my dad's voice. I'm like, don't worry, dad, I'm not going to do it. My feet are going to stay firmly planted on the carpet. Please don't get mad at me. <laughs> Yes, I just I cannot deal with that at all. Um, 
And other people I can't deal with is that like their lack of planning becomes my problem. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not part of your family and I'm not part of your business party travel. I should not be part of your problem. So just because you've chosen to arrive at the airport 30 minutes before your flight takes off, again, not an Eileen problem. I am willing to <laughs> make your circus, social, not your monkeys. Not my circus, not my monkeys. I'm willing to make certain exceptions for you. Like, oh my God, there was a bad accident. Yes, I see that on my app because I saw it and I planned and I went a different direction because I know how to use Apple Maps and Waze. Like, I understand that. But like, no, leave early. Leave plenty of time. Don't be And you and I are both early to the gate people. Like, we like being yes. there early. But we have okay. a friend of ours who is one of those. He wants to get to the airport and walk onto the plane. And he listens to this podcast. So, Steve. This is for you. Yeah. Steve, no, you, you, Steve causes me anxiety arrive. thinking about it. He, and then he mocks us. He's like, you guys are here early. I'm just going to stroll in. I'm like, you're going to stroll in. I'd be having a panic attack. Eileen and I showed up at the airport. We had a nice little breakfast sandwich. We had a nice little cup of coffee. We sat here. We chatted. We stroll onto the plane. You think you're strolling in, but two seconds later, Steve, Steve. And you would Mm-mm. be like, yeah, you, you drive us nuts with that. And I'm no, you're wrong, Steve. You're wrong. And I, I love Steve. He's one of my favorite people I on the planet, too. but this absolutely not. I just mm-hmm. cannot with that. So get to the airport early. It's not my circus, not my monkey, not my problem. <laughs> um, again, with that, be prepared for things not to work out. Like yes. I always, and this is just kind of like a mindset I've gotten into where like, I just expect that the flight's not going to perform. He's not going to come in on time. Or we're going to be late boarding. I just assume that we're going to be late getting out of the gate. I just assume we're not going to land on time. I just assume my luggage is going to get lost. Like all these little things. Like if you just assume all that and it ends up differently, you'll be a much happier person. And like, it is kind of crappy. We have to like think like that, but like it does make you a better person. I well, feel like. And if you are, and if like when those things go wrong, like really at the end of the day, guys, you lost your, they lost your luggage. Your flight is late. Whatever happens, you getting really, really, really angry and ranting and raving to every other passenger and to flight attendants and to everybody is going to change absolutely nothing. So try to like just like find your inner calm, find your little zen moment, do your yoga pose in your head, and just calm down and roll with it. And suddenly it's not as stressful because it's like, you know what? You'll find there's 10 other people that are in the same boat when your flight is late and you guys are all like, well, guess we're chilling here for a while and it's much less stressful for you. Just relax. There's nothing Just you can do about it. it. Like the, you've mm-hmm. got to trust the pilot. They're going to do what they can to get you in on time. They don't want to be stuck in that plate any longer. Like it, mm-hmm. it's again, the social contract. Just everybody be nice. And I will say this. I did learn this from my uh, 10th grade German teacher that if you're going to fly a long distance and check a bag, bring a spare pair of clothes with you. I bring like this this Columbia dress I have that I can literally just shake out in a bathroom and all the wrinkles fall out. A change of underwear. Like your life is better just knowing you've got that extra outfit that you might not need it, but it is there. And it takes up so little space. Like again, so easy. Then Um, you're prepared. Speaking of clothing. Yes. Wear real clothes. Oh my gosh, so your sport bra and your workout short shorts, they don't count. No, that's that's underwear. Like, and I'm not talking about the Lululemon people who have like a coordinated outfit and then like, a, a, like, no. I'm talking about the people who are in their pajamas that are inevitably as thin as a paper sheet running barefoot down the terminal. Spirit Air, I'm thinking of you. No one has asked for that. Nobody's if we're going to cut down that. on people wearing sports bras who actually have the figure to wear sports bras on a plane... We need to cut down the people wearing pajamas on the plane. And like and also, nasty pajamas. They don't look like they're clean like Christmas pajamas. Mm. They are like, those are worn through. I can see through them and see that you're not wearing underwear and everything else going on pajamas. <laughs> and that okay. needs to stop. That also, can I put on the list with the pajamas, men who wear um, the I don't the, the tank shirts so that their, their arms are bare? Because when your sweaty arm yes. is against my, I don't need your sweaty arm. Oh. The man tanks on the plane and then the back sweat from the man tank gets on the seat and And you you know that's not getting clean before the next passenger gets in it. So next time you go to set a seat, just, yeah, no, shoulders, please. And I'm not, I'm not a prude. I'm in no, no way approved, but I don't want your man, your back hair man sweat on it, the seat yes. for the next patch. I care about it's, everyone. It's the gross factor. I don't care what you look like. I just, I don't want the sweat and the ick. Ew, guys, don't wear those. Ew, ew, men, don't do that. So the last one I have down here is be flexible. Trains yes. are going to be crowded. Your plane will come in on time. There won't be enough baggage handlers. You're going to be disappointed. Be flexible. And <laughs> speaking of flexibility. Yes. You and I have a story to tell when we get back from break about something we Me had too. to do that was a little bit odd. Doilies, out of the norm. 7-Eleven. Doilies and 7-Eleven. We'll be right back. Hey! 
As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So we are back and we are talking about all things travel today. Uh, Nicole and I have been in a unique travel situation together. Um, it happened to us in Pacific Northwest. And if, Nicole, yes. you want to kick off the story? Yeah. So we were flying from Bend, Oregon, home of the last blockbuster, back to our respective homes. And as we're sitting at dinner, all of a sudden my flight's canceled. And I'm like, what? And Eileen's flight's canceled. And we look and we're like, what What the heck? And they have rebooked us on a flight that takes us to like four different cities in the wrong directions. Like we're looking at this. Something is broken. This it's is an making, automatic rebook, which is, like which is what they do. Right. But the automatic rebook makes zero sense it's like you're gonna where are we going like this doesn't how we're gonna get home like in 24 hours that's that's not right and so so for mine so for mine it was that they had rebooked me that i would fly from bend to portland on an alaska airlines flight but i was on standby so there was no guarantee i was actually going to get on that flight so like in the context of things it's like we start looking at our phones and she and I had the first flight out. We were at like the 6 a.m. flight out. Yeah. So we're on, the, we were there to drive actually the Subaru Forester Wilderness, which is fantastic, which, fun. which they'll it play was. into this story. But yeah, so we started to see it like, it was like the dominoes started to fall, right? And we're like looking at it and like the apps kept crashing. Things were very much not right. And it was Friday. It was Friday. Yep. It was, I guess, yeah, I think it was Friday. And so you're like, this is, this is not good, but there's no we're weather. Like what is the problem? Yeah. So we realize that something has gone wrong. We can't get out of Bend. Bend is the size of a postage stamp. We got to find someplace bigger. So we end up looking, we're like, okay, what about Portland? Portland's bigger. Portland will have more flights. In the five minutes it took us to find that, Portland now has no flights out. So the first place we can find that actually has flights that will leave is Seattle, which is not close to Bend. So we said, okay, so we can sit here and see what happens and maybe, maybe we'll find a way to get out of here or we can put our butts into a Subaru Forester Wilderness, drive ourselves all the way to Seattle, Washington and take a flight out at roughly 7 a.m. So what do we do, Eileen? We put our butts in seats. And I will say that we did, what we were looking at, you and I both kind of had the same thought at the same time, which is, okay, I have a Delta, I have Delta SkyMile status. Get me to a hub. What yeah. are my hub airports? Because I think that like if you're with United, get to a hub. If you're with whatever, if you can just get to that hub, you'll pretty much be guaranteed to get at least close to home if you're not home. Like I'm in Atlanta, so right. Atlanta's a hub, the home of Delta. So I will always get home. Like wherever it is. I might be in <laughs> row 54, but I'm going to get home. And so, yeah, so the mothership. So so that was kind of thing as we were like, okay, where, okay, there's San Francisco, which was like a nine hour drive. Seattle was Can't six hours. That. Salt mm-hmm. Lake was even further than that. And so mm-hmm. you're like, okay, well, Seattle it is. And we, we, the super people were lovely. They booked they us tickets because we couldn't rely on the rebooking process because that was just screwed up. And we're like, you know what, super, you'll get your money back when this all filters through. But Subaru <laughs> rebooked us on flights that left, I think, at 7 and 7.20. Yep. And so this was, what, like 9 o'clock at night, I think? We oh, were at 9 dinner. 9 o'clock at night, yeah. And so we we rushed back to our cabin where you and I had been staying, and we had opened a bottle of wine because we were going to have a lovely evening sitting in front of the we fire just talking. We did not. We packaged up that wine. It came home with me. And it did. It did. It was really actually delicious. Um, <laughs> and we packed in a hurry. I showered because I was like, I don't know the next time I'm going to get a shower is. And change like did the whole like nighttime routine stuff where like you like clean your face and put you put your glasses on and like you, I know you, you I do all that stuff in my contacts and your body's like okay it's time for bed because you're still on east coast time so it's like midnight east coast time mm-hmm. and we're like no now it's time to drive seven hours to seattle and we drove a driving snowstorm it was this ridiculous snowstorm we drive all the way to seattle we can't see anything and everyone's like oh that's the most beautiful drive we're like wouldn't know middle of the night find out that despite a vast number of random open things gas stations and things it's incredibly hard to find a bathroom anywhere on this route well they will let you use the bathroom so we like just need a bio break we just need to use the bathroom we stopped at like three different places and they're like nope nope don't have one nope can't use it nope we don't have a bathroom nope bathroom's locked we finally get to a 7-eleven and the man's it like, was like well, a have- beacon in the middle yes. of this closed like office area. Just this, like, this illuminated like, 7-Eleven. Yeah. And I said, can we just use your bathroom? And he's like, oh, it's from employees only. And I swear to God, I was like, please, 
there's no, is there anywhere within five, 10 miles that will let us use a bathroom? We just need to use a bathroom. We're driving for four hours. Please. It was me. that like urge where suddenly it becomes painful. We're yes. like, I don't just have to go, but like sharp shooting pains <laughs> of my bladder are like, it's happening now in your bathroom or it's happening in your parking lot. You have two choices, mister. So this man said, you know what? You girls look like you're okay. You know what? It's against He genuinely rules. said that too. He, he was like, like, you look like you're fine. You look like you're okay. You can use the bathroom. So he lets us use the employee bathroom. Can I just tell you, this employee bathroom is the cutest bathroom in a 7-Eleven ever. It had like a little scent thing. So it smells good. And it's got little, all sorts of little decorations. They had doilies. It was a 7-Eleven with doilies in the bathroom, like a little doily on a table that had the extra toilet paper on it and a little bathroom spray. Should that be what you needed? It was the world's cutest 7-Eleven. So 7-Eleven and doilies. Who would have thought the employee bathrooms there had little doilies to decorate everything? Uh, if you are ever lucky enough to use a bathroom in a 7-Eleven, may it be the employee bathroom because, because I would not. Mm-mm. I mean, desperate times call for desperate measures, but this yes. gentleman clearly violated policy to allow us into the employee bathroom, but he yes. sought mercy upon our, our urinary souls and yes. decided it was time. Uh, and he was quite lovely about it. I don't even know where it was. I think it was in Gresham somewhere, Gresham, Oregon. That um, sounds about right. We were so tired was, at that oh point. Oh my God. We were so tired. So then we... We drove the Subaru Forester Wilderness there, and we drove through snow, ice, sleet, rain. Yes. I mean, it was it was a storm system moving in, um, and so it was really good. Like it, it was, was like, we, there was like, like we were like we have no complaints. Like we got we got there, our butts were comfortable. I mean, the eyesight uh, safety system worked fabulously, especially as we got drowsy later on. I mean, made sure we were in the lane, made sure we were alert, uh, which was great. But like it stuck to the road through all these conditions and. We weren't exactly moving slowly through these conditions. You and I are used to driving in snow. We're used right. to driving in rain. So we were making sure we were trying to make good time because time was of the essence. We had flights to catch. Yeah. It was funny because like Subaru had crafted this fantastic drive program for us and we went off road and we had a great time driving. But it's like you guys couldn't have crafted a better program than what Eileen and I actually did for real <laughs> once we left your program. Then we actually drove it the way you would drive it in the real world. And like, OK, this could convince me to buy this vehicle because this drive was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I do think that this Forester Wilderness is the best version of Forester you can buy right now. And I say that having spent at that point, I think we'd spent as much time in it as the engineers had because we were it was like a 20 hour driving day Um, it was but yeah so 7-eleven doilies super forester wilderness i drove the bmw ix m60 you drove the hyundai tucson n line not the performance version the performance but not performance version yes and what are we driving next week do you know what's coming to your driveway um, I don't. I never know what's coming to my driveway. It's always a surprise uh, because that's just how it works here. But I do know that I'm going to be part of the week in um, Texas. So more barbecue. Um, I'm going to be in Texas with Toyota. It's Toyota Palooza from Hyundai Palooza to Toyota Palooza. And I will be driving the Sequoia is on the list of vehicles that I will get to drive. Nice. I have to go to Las Vegas in the heat and present at a conference. So I will not be joining you there. I'm sending one of our writers, James, there, uh, who will be covering that for us. He'll tell me all about the Sequoia. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about all things Toyota. And we'll see what ends up in our driveways this week to drive, uh, you know, during the week. We'll catch up next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.